This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to $90 off the original price of four courses within the Everyday Gourmet series of instructional cooking courses. Choose from Essential Secrets of Spices and Cooking, Making Healthy Food Taste Great, Baking Pastries and Desserts, or Making Great Meals in Less Time for only $9.95. This great price of $9.95 is only available for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. The turmoil continues in the Middle East. The best person I can imagine to help us understand it is our good friend, Ambassador John Bolton. Ambassador Bolton, welcome back. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be back with you. You know, we just spoke a week ago, but so much has happened in that week uh, from the Russians violating NATO airspace to uh, the decisions they made about bombing on the ground to reports that Iranians, Hezbollahians may all be pouring into Syria. Where are we today? Well, I think uh, this is all part of a larger effort by Putin to uh, challenge America for dominance in the Middle East. Uh, he gave prior indications of it, but these steps he's taken in Syria, you've just mentioned the most significant in the past 10 days, uh, demonstrate that he's not uh, deterred by the United States. He's pushing really beyond the edge of the envelope in terms of provocative action. He had a uh, Russian general uh, approach our defense attache in Baghdad before the bombing began and said, basically, keep your planes out of the sky, uh, to which, by the way, our response should have been, actually, you keep your planes out of the sky. Right. We'll decide who gets up there. Um, uh, and and yet, despite all this provocative action, uh, Barack Obama has not pushed back. Indeed, to the contrary, uh, Obama and Secretary of State John Kerry have both said they would negotiate with the Russians, uh, as the Russians asked, about deconflicting our respective air assets in the region. That is a sounds like a tactical kind of decision, but as a political matter, it legitimizes the Russian Air Force's presence uh, at an air base uh, in a combat zone uh, that uh, they shouldn't be at in the first place. I spoke to uh, Lee Smith with the uh, Weekly Standard yesterday who said that he thinks that President Obama is more than happy to hand over the Middle East uh, to Russia and that the president wants essentially what Vladimir Putin wants, which is Iran to be the center of power, providing, quote, order in the Middle East. Do you agree with that analysis of what the White House is trying to do? Well, I think the White House believes that having pulled the fangs of the Ayatollah's uh, concern about the United States, you know, look at it from the Ayatollah's point of view. John Kerry actually told members of Congress, remember the coup uh, against Prime Minister Mossadegh in the early 1950s. Think how the Iranians really feel about the United States. So by signing this wretched Vienna deal on their nuclear weapons program, uh, Obama and Kerry have basically said you don't need to fear fear the United States, and therefore, in their 
view of the world, Iran will now be a responsible player. I mean, if you believe that fairy tale, then it's not at all inconceivable they could believe that uh, Iran will be a responsible stakeholder in the Middle East. I, I don't even think Vladimir Putin believes that. I think what he's doing is using Iran and, as you say, the Assad regime, uh, Hezbollah, the, the Baghdad government, which is basically a proxy for Iran, uh, as, in effect, coalition partners for Russian dominance in, in the Middle East. And, uh, and so far, he's just moving right along. Well, Ambassador Bolton, you've no doubt heard uh, Donald Trump and others say, and I'm paraphrasing, "What? That's great. Let uh, let Russia go in and do the hard work. Let them do the heavy lifting. Let them wipe out wipe out ISIS, and Americans will stay home for a change, and the world will be hunky dory." Do you agree with that vision of the world, Ambassador Bolton? Well, no, and in any event, it's not happening. Russia is not trying to destroy ISIS. It may by now have finally gotten around to bombing a few ISIS targets, but its principal objective near-term anyway, for this military uh, uh, intervention is to bolster the Assad regime. And just from the geography and the tactics of the uh, Syrian conflict on the ground, that means neutralizing uh, or defeating uh, much of the so-called moderate Syrian opposition, what what little there is left of it. Uh, I I have, uh, in fact, uh, written that uh, that it's entirely possible in uh, this being the Middle East that you could see a modus vivendi uh, at some point in the not too distant future between the Russian led coalition on the one hand and ISIS on the other. Uh, they have the same adversaries. They could agree not to go after each other for some unspecified period of time uh, and instead concentrate on their mutual enemies, the oil producing monarchies of the Arabian Peninsula uh, and, and others. This has precedent. Remember the Molotov Ribbentrop Pact. You, you can bet Vladimir Putin remembers it, uh, <laughs> and he would not be afraid of, uh, of recreating it in the Middle East, where coalitions of strange partners have happened for millennia. Yeah, the Russians teaming up with a bunch of racist, anti-Semitic, violent, uh, extremist lunatics would be not their first rodeo uh, in that arena, would it? Hey, let me ask you about the report from the Mirror in London that Russia has sent its special forces at Spetsnaz into the ground in Syria to fight to protect Bashar al-Assad. Does that sound realistic to you? And should America be worried that while we're fleeing the Middle East, the Russians are sending the best of the best troops into it? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Putin, in fact, uh, were doing that. Uh, If I were Assad, I'd be worried about uh, anybody who looks Syrian, because uh, you can bet that the opposition, including ISIS, would love nothing better than to get somebody inside his security to finish him off. So part of the deal might well be Russian-provided security, including the possibility of exiting Syria if he had to. But I think the Russians know what they want. They want a strong military presence there. Assad knows what he wants. Uh, there's a deal. And it's it, it's not surprising that Spetsnaz may be deployed in Syria. I don't know one way or the other. But we've also heard reports that Iranian Revolutionary Guards uh, units have been moved into Syria. We know that Hezbollah, uh, funded and aided by Iran over the years, uh, has been deployed into Syria some time back now, over a year, I think, to help Assad. So this is coalition politics at work. It turns out Putin might be pretty good at it, un- unlike Barack Obama, who described in a what? news conference that the Russian coalition was 
Syria and Iran, and the American coalition was everybody else in the world. That's he actually said that. I know he did. We have a coalition of 62 countries doing nothing. Why should we worry about a coalition of two or three countries that are actually sending in troops and bombing people? That is the upside-down view of the world. And I want to ask you about that because I know that you're abroad as we're speaking here, Ambassador Bolton. Two questions. If you're Israel and you're watching Iran, Russia, and the worst terrorist elements teaming up, what are you thinking? And the second thing is, as you travel the world in the last few weeks, what are people in countries like Poland and other countries saying about how they view America and view the Obama administration's strategy? Well, they're shaking their heads and saying, what What are you doing? Have you taken leave of your senses? That That's the general reaction. And I'll tell you, uh, other allies like Israel, like the monarchies of the Arabian Peninsula, uh, are going to hedge their bets. They, they are worried they can no longer count on the United States. Certainly they can't count on Barack Obama. NATO countries, Poland being a good example, have to be asking themselves – uh, how closely Obama would adhere to the NATO treaty. Uh, and, you know, Israel in particular has to be very nervous that you now have Soviet, sorry, Freudian slip, Russian air assets <laughs> de- deployed deployed close to their northern border. Look, if an island suddenly appeared in the English Channel and the Russians got to it first and built an air base on it, mm-hmm. Britain and France would be tearing their hair out. Now, how do you think Israel feels uh, faced essentially with the same development? So this is something that, uh, that, that we have tried to avoid for half a century, uh, ever since uh, Egypt uh, tossed out the Soviet advisors in the 1970s. Uh, and, and it's happening right in front of us. And, and as I said before, not only are we not doing anything uh, to prevent it, by negotiating this deconfliction issue with the Russians, we are legitimizing it. And I think that's a disaster for America's interest in the Middle East and our friends there as well. Former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks again for having me. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.